0: Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast, hosted by Makiba
1: and Brittany, two former NFL cheerleaders discussing hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and revealing the truth behind the palms. Welcome to an episode that I've been really excited and anxious to record. You have? A little bit. Okay. Just because I'm gonna like confess some things. (laughs) You're gonna confess your mean girl sins? A little bit. Come on, hey, we have to admit that we've all been mean girls at one point in our lives.
0: Yes. I am not gonna sit here and act holier than mean girl thou. Yeah. It happens. It happens. But we're gonna get all up into some nuances because I think some things are not quite mean girl ish. Maybe ish. (laughs) Well, yes, there's a such thing as when you're dealing with a mean girl and you have your ways of coping with it, does that make you a mean girl? Maybe Mm -hmm. not. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I'm a little sad for this episode because it's almost over. I know the season's almost over. This is like episode 29, so I'm actually starting to get a little like, eh, you know, meep.
1: I know. I miss it a lot when we go on our little breaks, so. But they're necessary, too. (sighs) But yes, people have asked for
0: this episode, right? Like people have been writing into us and letting us know some good topics to take on within this Mean Girls episode. And so we're definitely going to be thorough with it and just talk about how
1: rough it can be. I think this episode sparked from our rookie tips and tricks kind of episode. A our lot locker of people, talk. Our locker talk. <laughs> and I think that... A lot of those tendencies, or you're kind of thrown into this world as a rookie. So, definitely check out that episode where we talked about our rookie years and the do's and don'ts. I think it's really helpful. But this is kind of a spin off one of that. Yeah. And it follows all the things about being a mean girl on the team. Yeah, because there are some of them on there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but first, some cheer chat, right? Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, each cheer chat
0: we're just trying to give everybody the lowdown on what's going on in our space. And so yes, we've been talking hella audition updates. But there were a lot of auditions over the weekend and some have picked their squads and some have picked their training camp candidates, if you will. Boot camp, whatever they call it in the NBA. But there are a few that are coming up this weekend, so my favorite, Cleveland, is doing theirs and I just cannot with their whole process. Uh-oh. But I'm dying to see, you know, these dancing dads are having auditions July 18th, and it's a very simple, basic requirement of being a dad that likes to dance, so Lord knows what they're going to have them do. I will be looking at their Instagram story to see what they post about that, but have you noticed, though, that, like, the teams that have gone this different direction have been real hush-hush about promoting their process? I mean, except for the 916 crew, they seem to try to document it and hype it up a lot, but other teams just seem to be very, very quiet. It's weird. Yeah, because they're being sneaky. Yeah, totally. Well, whatever. We're going to keep our eye on them. And Cleveland's got theirs coming up this weekend. Um, And then the Phoenix Suns dancers and the Toronto Raptors Northside crew are also going through it this weekend. And there's only a few more left that are going through auditions after that. Portland comes to mind. Forget a couple others.
1: Yeah, good luck to everyone. After July,
0: it'll only be over. So we'll have to, you know, give a recap when we come back season four as to who made the team. And hopefully they'll have some bios up by then and we can actually officially... Congratulate and welcome the ladies and gentlemen into the pro
1: cheerleading fold. Like we're the hostesses with the hostesses. <laughs> and then we saw something interesting. Makeba found that the Jacksonville Roar cheerleaders, they made an appearance with Sonny Kiss, who is an all-elite wrestler.
0: How many wrestling leagues are there? I only knew of the WWE and I don't watch it. Do they still and call
1: glow. it that? Oh, ladies of wrestling.
0: But this is a wrestler in AEW that I didn't know existed. But wanted to have the girls from the Roar as the backup when he entered the arena or the ring or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. They were his hype women. Sunny Kiss, I don't know who he is, but thought it was really cool that he wanted to have some girls from the team as his backup dancers and some little light choreography.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I will have to say we'll we'll link the video below, but. I could just tell that the girls didn't seem as confident or prepared and it seemed like a very last-minute thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not the best idea. Basically, we really respected our program when we were on it because a lot of times we turned down a lot of appearances if it wouldn't make us look very good or the brand or the team. Um, And that's not to say that these dancers aren't amazing, but when you aren't given the opportunity to really perform and have time to prepare, it reflects on the whole team negatively. Agreed. But then I thought
0: we were a little boring because of that. Like if everything wasn't prim and proper and not that you wanted to be in a hot mess ass appearance where you're kind of like thrown into the mix and asked to do something that makes you look unorganized. But I often felt like, dang, can't we live a little? We never get picked for shit. So I used to be annoyed. Like we were never picked for halftime performances or different things that seemed like cool opportunities and unique. It just seemed like we were the no fun team.
1: We did set a Blazers game I remember we were doing court practice for two hours. (laughs) True. But we were expected to perform at perfection, and that led to a very long court practice. And after visiting and seeing that they zip through it and they're professional and done really quickly, honestly, behind the scenes, it probably made us look unprofessional that we couldn't just get it together or. We weren't trusted to perform our butts off when it came time to. Well, they may have cut us some slack because it was our first time performing on a court. True. Without
0: any little lines to go off of. Like, everybody seemed like a Bambi on ice or some shit. Yeah. Because we didn't know how to, like, mark or stay with our lines mm-hmm. on a basketball court. But I know what you mean.
1: Okay, well, this is our Mean Girl episode. So before we really get into it, okay. I want to point out something That I think you'll remember, but Mm -hmm. I remember a few years ago, our girls were on a TV spot. I don't know if it was in Canada or Alaska. And they taught the anchor, the touchdown dance, and it was a hot mess. Oh, yeah. And we weren't talking smack, but we were kind of like, that looked Looked messy. That's kind of embarrassing. So, it does come out. If we don't look good and you have one or two girls representing the whole team then it is kind of like you need to dance for us as well and right. do your best.
0: And But I always feel like from those news appearances, though, the music that they play doesn't, for whatever reason, sync up to what's shown on the freaking TV. I've been at one where it's like, oh, God, what are we actually dancing to? Or they don't have music. Or as far away. It's always a little hot
1: ass. Or mess your mic pack is heavy, and it's yes. just clipped on the back of your promo pants. It's not secured, and now you're expected to basically jump around And not have the palms rustle in the microphone. A lot of things can go wrong, for sure. I'm not blaming them, but I'm just saying... It looked bad. It looked bad.
0: Yeah. I think when we did it, we actually danced, counting out loud very quietly, and then they put the music on over it. So we weren't actually dancing to the music. That's how we ended up looking offbeat as hell and like a little ratchet, because it wasn't the music playing and we all just danced. It was like... A hot mess. They just yeah. played it over us I don't later. remember
1: seeing that one. Good. But do you know which one I'm talking I about? I do know which okay. one you're talking about. <laughs> and that
0: is, you know, an unfortunate thing, like you said, when you feel like it's just not showing you in the best light.
1: And you have one opportunity to represent, and it kind of falls flat. It happens. No one's like, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, but, you yeah. Know, Missed there's opportunity. expectation. But
0: maybe this was this guy's choreography. Who knows? Someone mm-hmm. The announcer was saying that he used to be a dancer, and... Maybe he thought he made up what looked good and it was not, like, what they would have made up if they had their way. Like, if you're just going along with the program. But, again, you never really know that. It's not like they lay that all out in an appearance request. No. They might have thought that they were just rallying the whole time and it's like, no, we're going to do this. And it's, like, a whole bunch of choreography
1: that's, like... Taught them ten minutes before.
0: Yeah, exactly. Who knows? But I thought it was unique and different. And I like seeing weird stuff like
1: that. I know. It was cool. It was cool.
0: The last order of business, I guess. Let's give a preview of what's happening next for our season finale. Because I think we tried something different. Our last episode, you guys, for the season is called Fresh Out the Runway. It's by Rihanna. It's a bomb song. If you have not heard it before, please go listen to it. But we are going through a review of all the NFL uniforms. And by request, popular demand. So... The key to this episode is you have to follow along with the deck of all the pictures for each team. So if you listen to this episode or this podcast during your morning commute, you might have to listen to it later cuz you can't follow along while you're driving. And this is for the
1: next episode, our finale.
0: Yes, our finale. So we just want to give you a heads up so nobody's caught off guard. We are trying to make sure it's easy for people to follow, but it is meant to be interactive. And we want to hear people's comments regarding our comments. And it's not trust in in any sort of mean girls' light, us talking shit about the uniforms we don't like, okay? It's just us giving our opinions.
1: It's kind of funny, though, our timing, though. I know. Like, we're doing mean girls, and (laughs) last weekend we recorded the uniform, like, analysis. Let's call it an analysis. Right.
0: And we had reasons for our likes and dislikes. I think we explained them well. But don't be in your feelings about it, people. Like, just enjoy and and go on the experience with us.
1: We always try to have a controversial... I can't say that word. Controversial. Yeah, we always try to have a controversial... (laughs) Marsha. We try to always end our seasons with a bang, all right? So I remember the diversity one was given. People were kind of freaking out all over the place. And we're not doing that on purpose, but we just thought we would end it With a kapow. Yeah. So there's plenty of that. So check it out next week. I think you're going to love it. We'll provide a link in the episode notes as
0: well as in our Instagram bio. But figure out a way to listen and follow along. Okay, thanks. And don't come for us.
1: All right. (laughs) Moving on. Makiba created the survey, and you kind of wanted to share some things that you've heard back. Yeah,
0: I just think it's really Fun that we're getting responses from people who have been listening and just thought that we'd share some tidbits that came out of it and hopefully encourage people to also share. People have written in about wanting us to interview current dancers, and I think because of the way that we started the podcast and knowing that a lot of people are scared to talk, can't talk, won't talk, that we just always would ask people who were former dancers who maybe had a little bit more freedom to be guests on the show And then we also were aware of people, you know, sounding the same or rehearsed and very on-brand and boring. I don't know. We tried with Wonder Woman Wednesday for people to shout out unique and awesome people on their squad, and that didn't really take off as much. So we can try to think about current teammates, but that's the reason they didn't.
1: Right. It's funny that you're saying people are reaching out and saying they want that because we have had a few current dancers in whatever pro cheerleading team they're on on the deck and they have backed out and we're not mad about it but basically it has come forward that hey because my director this or because Mm -hmm. I need to get clearance we can't right so that's honestly why we haven't done more current dancers Mm -hmm. because the teams kind of don't allow it to be honest yeah you have to get everything cleared exactly their PR department has to
0: approve and and we're aware of that and we don't want anybody not that we'd ever try to interview anyone and railroad them like we're not like the press that tends to do that at times where they interview a cheerleader and tries to trip them up it would be the best radio appearance that you'd ever do but we'll try to take that into consideration maybe there's a really cool team that'll say sure no problem and send a really cool and interesting representative of their team yeah. because a lot of the things that people want to hear about is how other teams are run and like you know what their style is like and we can't speak to it without being on it and we could talk to former girls but that's kind of the conundrum that we're in, but Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool feedback.
1: We've gotten quite a few requests for potential interviews, including Shandon Perez, Mm -hmm. Michelle Keys, which I feel bad, I don't know who that is. Do I know who that is? Big choreographer. Oh, big choreographer, you guys. (laughs) Um, Kristen Halawadi, which we actually met at Pro Bowl. Yes, we did. She was so sweet. I didn't know who she was, and we just walked up to this very cute girl and said, hey, like, Mm -hmm. are you managing the girls? And she was so... So sweet. Yes.
0: So and hopefully. she's also a kick-ass choreographer, too. Yeah, Oscar Hernandez, too.
1: We reached out to you, Oscar. <laughs> right back, Oscar. <laughs> and the male pro dancers, we've actually reached out to them. We have some people in the works, but, again, they have to get clearance, and so right. it makes it kind of hard.
0: Yeah, and now that we, we have more male NFL cheerleaders, maybe it'll be a lot easier. And with the NFL, or the NBA teams. can I say <laughs> And controversial. <laughs> With the NBA teams um, adding men as well, maybe we'll benefit from talking to more guys. Maybe they'll relax or think that it's actually good PR for them to put their guys on a show.
1: So we'll try. We want to give you what you want. So exactly. give us some ideas, you guys, because we see this going the long haul. You know, we don't want the podcast to kind of run out of topics to cover. I don't and think it even
0: will. Goodness. We have, like, a list of three pages or so of notes of episode topics for next season.
1: Honestly, there's so many topics we haven't even covered, and we've just scratched the surface, and I feel like every year, even if we just turn into a podcast that covers auditions, who's going to Pro Bowl, the pro action, all that stuff, I feel like every year it's different.
0: And there's a story from each woman that's been on the team. I mean, and that's something that was encouraging to hear people say that they liked, was just hearing about different journeys in dance and how people became part of a team and, like, the adversity that they faced. Because I thought that people could get tired of it, like, who is this person that you're interviewing and why should I care? But it it sounds like they like hearing the stories. Um, But I think you're right. It's, like, a lot of stuff that we scratched the surface of that we could totally dig deeper on. But people wrote in about a few ideas for episode topics. Dance occupation opportunities, which we know are slim. I mean, we just Mm -hmm. talked about that on our last episode of Like a Boy. Sometimes you stumble into it, you're groomed for positions to kind of take over when a director retires, but the opportunities to lead in this space are probably few and far in between. It'd be hard to do an episode like a job board, but we can at least talk about how people become directors,
1: maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. Kind of like what you said, people really want to hear about highlights of how different teams are run. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really empowering, too, because I felt kind of ashamed about my own story, about auditioning so many times and not making it and having that rejection. I kind of didn't want people to know. I didn't even know that about you. Really? The second time that you... I didn't know that. Yeah, because people were like, oh... So the second time I auditioned, I didn't make it as far as I did my first time. And so when people were like, remember when we had that crazy dance to Adam Lambert? I was like, no, because I actually wasn't at finals, but everybody thought I was, you know. But it's just crazy to see these people who are huge choreographers or, you know, famous dancers or what have you Mm -hmm. and... They also had their own struggles. I just think it really empowers people to keep going with oh, their own sure. dreams.
0: And however many times it takes. Because yeah. I guess I was surprised to see that people really did want to keep talking about auditions. Because I'm like, oh, we already talked about that. And we already had an episode geared towards that. But it sounds like, you're, you know, there's so many audition companies that are out there right now that are helping people prep. So even if we're just showing different perspectives or like a walking commercial of different things that people can try if they're willing to travel... And check out a different prep course, and maybe you'll have different results. So, we'll definitely try to do more of that next season too.
1: Yeah,
0: are we ready to talk Mean Girls? I'm okay, let's now. do
1: it. <sighs> okay, what is Mean Girl behavior? What is a Mean Girl? So I watched the movie for the first time last night with my what?
0: daughter. What? I'd never seen it. I know. Simone was very disappointed in me that I had not seen the movie. It's a classic, isn't it? But it came out in 2004. I mean, I was definitely a grown-ass woman. I wasn't into teenage movies at the time. <laughs> I just didn't, like, there was a couple, 13 going on 30 or some shit like that. I All of those movies that came out around that time, I don't think I paid any attention to.
1: Right, like, Lindsay Lohan's blonde now, and she's lost another 100 pounds. So, I mean, like, a lot's changed. <laughs> <laughs> But I had to
0: go back. I literally, like, DVR'd it in the whole nine because it's apparently on HBO or some premium channel. And I watched it. It was cute. Now It gets dark in the middle there, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I was actually very happy to know what certain names meant and stuff now. They're, like, really pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fetch. I'm so late to the game. Sorry, guys. But after watching it, I had to kind of question, like, what really is a mean girl, because obviously Homegirl was one, and I'm not going to have the characters' names in my head really good. Regina George. There you go. That's a... Why didn't people make fun of her fucked up name? That's a terrible name. Regina George? It's not like your typical
1: mean girl name, like... You were going to say Veronica.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you don't even mean, like, that's kind of a weird name.
1: Well, yeah, like, like Vicky or something. Or, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially for a movie, like you would... Ex- I'm I just sorry if your name's
1: Vicky or Veronica.
0: Or Regina. <laughs> Hi, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she clearly is a mean girl, but it made me question, like, what are the gray areas of what being a mean girl is really about? Like, if you're obviously doing outwardly mean stuff to people, yes, you're a freaking mean girl. But what if you're more underhanded? The person would never know or be the wiser that you're talking shit about them or that you... Don't like them. Are you still a mean girl just because
1: you don't like somebody? I know. I see what you're saying, but I think with it kind of reflecting being on a team, a lot of people are Lindsay Lohan. You know, you start in a team thinking it's going to be great, or you're going to have a certain experience, and then maybe it takes a left turn, and you kind of just go with the flow. It's like peer pressure almost, and you want to fit into that certain group, or people are telling you you need to be like. A certain person or group on the team mm-hmm. so I think it's very relevant with pro cheerleading especially if they don't have really good programs that makes you get to know everybody on your team you're not That's just sticking true. to your rookie group like you and me we've been friends since we were rookies but why why is that why didn't we bond really closely with people who had been on it for five years it's because we didn't really get to know them mm-hmm I don't think they wanted to get to know us. No, exactly. (laughs) So this is the Mean Girl episode. That's why. And I don't
0: mean to make it sound like our rookie year was rough. We already alluded to that during our rookie year episode. And I don't want to make it sound like the entire program at SeaGals was just a bunch of bitches. Like, it's not true, but I do think... You know, this is truth behind the palms. I think we did have a group of girls that were very exclusionary that made it a little difficult for others
1: to get acclimated onto the squad and feel welcome. So, Yeah, because sometimes rookies can be annoying, and it's like, figure it out. But you have to take yourself back to when you were a rookie and realize there's a lot of crap you just don't know. There's no way for you to know. You've never been on a team like this. But I think the patience level is a lot shorter when you're a veteran for Mm -hmm. that. And, I mean, taking into account the squad dynamics, people are probably
0: just repeating what behavior they experienced when they were rookies. And so looking at the history of the program, I think it's great and awesome for some people on the team Mm -hmm. to be a part of that sisterhood and be a part of that inner circle, if you will. But if that's the type of treatment that was allowed and encouraged or cultivated, then, yes, it's going to go down generation to generation, you're going to do to that rookie what maybe happened to you instead of maybe making it better. And I feel like Seagulls wasn't entirely welcoming as a rookie, for sure. And I think when I made it back on the team and we were like reunited on the team at the same time, it just felt like a tide shifted a little bit in terms of trying to make it even more inclusive for people who were not part of a particular clique.
1: Well, Makiba's really nice. You think? And no. very, and very <laughs> I inclusive and... It has nothing to do with your age, but in terms of just understanding people are coming from different backgrounds, very understanding and mature Mm. with that, I think. And I think it's not an excuse, but I think starting even the process, I started auditioning at 18 and I made the team at 21. I felt like, oh, this is how I need to act. I was your typical person that got roped in. I am the Lindsay you're Lohan. You're Lindsay Lohan? I'm the Lindsay you Lohan. You look like, like her right now to me. <gasps> really? Yeah. Do I look well, cracked out? <laughs> no, she was
0: stunning in that movie. Well, I didn't like her, the layers in her hair. Okay, mm. no, I sound like a mean girl. But I mean, she had the pretty red hair. Yeah. And then you're giving me Lindsay Lohan vibes. Oh, pre cracked out Lindsay Lohan. But, <laughs> <Thanks>. um, <laughs> but she was just bright eyed and bushy tailed, just like the freshman in the movie. You know, she didn't have any ill intentions of being a bitch. She kind of got, like you said,
1: roped in and but going along with it also makes you a mean girl, right? Does it? Because you're not sticking up for the little people or...
0: That's the little a good people, point. Does it actually... If you are a silent observer of mean girl behavior and you do not do something about it, does that also make you a mean girl?
1: Yeah, because you're giving the main
0: mean girl more power. Mm-hmm. What do you think they should... Well, we'll get to what they should do. Yeah. Instead of being a silent observer, but... For me, I think when I look at shows that I don't really watch anymore, like Real Housewives and Love and, what the hell is it called, Love and Hip Hop and all this stuff, you're seeing like Mean Girl Behavior 101 right there. But I think from watching that crap, you see that everybody talks about everybody. Like, it's just a given thing that people talk about other people, whether they're present or not. And I think if you don't have the same ability to (laughs) say that, whatever you said, to that person's face... In a respectful manner, then you obviously have.
1: You're a lawyer, so you can totally flip. Like, there's shit talking, and then there's like, well, you know, the other day I felt like you were very lacking in skill. I don't even know how you would word it, but there's a way to just be point blank, period, and very.
0: People have a problem being direct. I think I don't. Know if I that's do. The I'm so passive
1: aggressive. I'm so passive aggressive. I don't even know what passive aggressive is. Really? Uh huh. I'm
0: like, like I- uh huh. <laughs> And for me, I guess I just, I do not prefer passive aggressive. I mean, I think everybody would be a lot happier if they just said how they felt and just like get it off your chest already. Like just bury your little damn soul because you'll feel better. Like you're holding it in and it's rotting your insides Mm -hmm. and you're trying to, you know, work around it and it's really eating at you. So you're, and it's coming out in your behavior, whether you like think it's, you're hiding it. Now I'm sweating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Therapy session.
0: But I just think, for me, I just find it freeing to tell the truth or speak, I don't want to sound like Oprah, speak my truth. And I'm not trying to act like I'm perfect, but I do feel like it's helpful for me to be healthy, to actually share what's bothering me, because not in a way where I'm trying to like make somebody else feel like shit either. It's just, this is bothering me. Or if I'm feeling like I'm being mistreated, to say, in the best way that I know how, right? I mean, as a, as a rookie, I couldn't completely stand up for myself in the way that I really, really wanted to. Like, keep it all the way real, like some shit was just uncalled for, and I didn't really feel like I could do that if I wanted my spot and not get kicked off the team. But I think it's just finding that balance of being willing to put yourself out there to say what you want to say, especially if it's bothering you. Like, do you need to just go tell people, well, actually, I think you um, suck. You know what I mean? Like, you're not no. better than anybody else, but I think if you can definitely, if somebody does something to disrespect you, you or hurt yeah. your feelings, to,
1: you know, speak up. I think that's a really important message. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you know you, like, feel better? I think I felt feel better. worse, actually. Oh.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because I worry about their feelings. And I don't want to say something like, hey, that really hurt my feelings because I'm afraid it's going to hurt theirs. But they so hurt I yours, just...
0: so it's, it's all even-steven. <laughs> 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 well, it's not that you're saying it to be vindictive either, to get back at them. It's just everybody's feelings are worthy of respect. Maybe that's just it, so... Amen. That's the other thing. It's like it's okay to hurt people's feelings every now and then. Like that's that's life. Ah. It's like participation (laughs) trophies. Let me shut up. But like you know what I mean. Like you people have to be able to take criticism. No, yeah, constructive criticism. If it's expressed in a healthy manner, respectful manner, then somebody should be able to say, you know what? When you did X, it kind of made me feel like Y. Without feeling like you're going to break the person's whole life.
1: That they actually shows it. a lot of care and consideration just because you don't want them to make that mistake. Maybe they didn't mean to. Right. They didn't even know that they were doing it. Perhaps. And we've seen a lot of that yeah. kind of situation where they just need to be educated because they are don't ignorant. better. Yes. Yes, that happens. And then there's you know? just people who know
0: exactly what they're doing and they're acting like little shits. That's right. who we're talking about today. No,
1: exactly. <laughs> like people who say like derogatory or racist things and they don't know it. Because right. they've never been told, like, hey, you actually can't say that. Right. And think about making a team. It's a pretty diverse group. It should be, anyways. Right. That's what part of our season right. two ending episode was about, right. you know. And if people
0: haven't been used to being around other people, they're probably going to fuck up and say something that they yeah. weren't intending because they just, they don't know any better.
1: Right. So then what's the difference? Do you consider that a mean girl because they they don't know? Or then do you think because they're saying shit that's upsetting people, they don't know, now that person's going to be a mean girl to them? Hmm, Because they're (laughs) passive-aggressive, like me.
0: (laughs) For people who truly don't know any better, and when it's brought to their attention, they actually try to take that into consideration and do better because they know better, I don't think you're a mean girl. I think intent does matter a lot. As a lawyer, here I am. Like, intention plus act equals a crime, So if you didn't really intend, sometimes that matters, right? And whether you're actually guilty or not at something. But once you have been educated, you've been brought into the know, what you choose to do with that information and how you make your moves really indicates whether you have mean girl tendencies or not. Because we all can stand to grow. So, like, if I did not realize that I hurt somebody's feelings and I didn't realize that when I say things a certain way, it really crushed someone's little heart, I mean... I'm going to be like, oh, damn. And then you look inside of yourself and figure out, oh, okay, what am I going to do about that? And if I'm going to just keep mashing because I don't give a shit how this person feels, then you're kind of
1: a little fucked up mean girl. Well, have you ever had somebody come to you and be like, so when you did this, it hurt my feelings, and you don't see how that could have hurt their feelings? Guys do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Like, a guy will be like, you hurt my feelings, and you'll be like, why would that hurt your feelings? Like, grow up?
0: Trying not to put it that way, but you know, I have struggled sometimes to understand where someone might be coming from. Okay. But I try, you know. But
1: see, then you're not a mean girl, I just was wondering. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, but I try, I mean, it's part of like the
1: give and take of
0: feeling like it's a two way street, and we say things that may not be intended to be taken a certain way, and I try to search for like what's right and wrong and if I'm wrong then I try to admit to it. If I don't think I'm wrong then I might struggle with trying to accept where someone's coming from, but at least you have the willingness to try. And there's so many people that can't really have that grown-up conversation for whatever reason and that's why
1: all I the was just going to say that. Happen. That's basically you're describing a grown-up conversation that you should be having where like Hey, it doesn't matter what the topic is, right. but you feel like you can go to them and maybe offer some suggestion to correct them. Mm-hmm. And they, as a grown up, should take that and say, I'm really sorry that I offended you. Like, I'll do better. I didn't, I had no idea. It should be squashed. But instead, exactly. people, like you said, they don't go up to them and say, Hey, that was fucked up. You're right. What are you going to, not what are you going to do about it, but can you please not do that again? They just, take it inwards, or spread it to their group. And so now the whole group's looking at that girl like, she did this. Exactly. And it could easily be nipped in the butt.
0: I'm going to nip it in the butter. Like, I just think, as a grown-ass woman, that it'll be a lot more efficient to just deal directly with whoever. You know, and it's got to be something big enough. You know, you pick Mm -hmm. your battles. You can't change people, but... If something was disrespectful mostly is when I'm going to draw the line up. That's just how I'm cut. I don't really care if people like me too much. And I think mean girls have this ability to know when somebody really yearns for their acceptance or for right. them to be liked by them. And so it's just having that power. It's like, oh, I know you're trying to kiss up to me. And, or I know you really want me to like you. If and you I'm going to like that. thump you away just because I can. Right. It's that kind of dynamic.
1: Okay, so when it comes to mean girls' behavior, showing up in Mm pro-cheerleading, to me, like, just even that opening statement defining what a mean girl is, I think a lot of it comes from jealousy. Mm. Like, that's who mean girls' target of people they're jealous of? Maybe. Maybe. I think a lot of the silent hate, maybe, or the things they'll start talking to their group about, like, so-and-so did this or whatever, it's mainly because that person's jealous of them Mm -hmm. and wants the group to kind of go in on attack yeah and I think with cheerleading that can definitely you know everybody's gorgeous but sometimes it doesn't help when management is picking people like let's say you've been on the team three years and a rookie comes in and starts getting all these opportunities that you feel like well I've been here three years I deserve that or I have put in the time True. or you know I feel like I've had a glow up since my rookie year why am I not being picked it, unfortunately, it the world shit. kind of pits us against each other. So, how can we try to not? We'll get back to how can we not be mean girls, yeah. but yeah, I think that's something that I'm realizing is how a main factor. Showing
0: up mm-hmm. because it's true. I think people feel entitled to a certain amount of attention, respect, regard, whatever, and when they don't get it, which I think I may have screwed up my rookie year because I didn't give off the reverence that some people felt.
1: You shouldn't have to. Is that what you're saying? Well, just that maybe maybe some
0: vets felt like it was not showing the right respect for the vets coming, you know, coming in as rookies to not try so hard to win their approval. And I mean, you know, it was one of the questions that we raised in preparing for this episode. I was not actually expecting when I joined the team because we didn't have social media pop in like that back then. I wasn't thinking of it as like, oh, I get to join the sisterhood. I was thinking I'll get to cheer and dance and it's kind of a job. I wasn't expecting to make friends. I already had friends outside of it, and I was old enough to know what those friendships meant to me and not where I really, really needed these friends as a result of doing it. So I don't think that I had the same idea of, oh, I'm going to try to really, like, be all up in these veterans' faces to get them to like me. I didn't know about politicking either. Yeah. you know, I didn't think that cheerleading had politics because it's like fucking cheerleading. That was my rationale. I just really didn't expect a lot of the squad dynamics coming in as a rookie. And I don't think I probably went along with the flow in that regard because I wasn't showing that I needed that kind of acceptance.
1: I agree, and I feel like maybe this has fallen back more into a rookie conversation, Mm -hmm. but... I felt like I was, not kissing butt, but I was being the best rookie I could be by basically knowing my shit, not making mistakes, and keeping quiet. Mm -hmm. That's why in that rookie episode I said I don't feel like people really knew who I was because I didn't portray that at practice because it wasn't time for it, because exactly, I treated it as a job. Right. But I think some girls who got swooped in, you know, maybe they were kind of, not the mean girl. That, it's not like saying that the core group that when we were rookies who were in charge or demanding that respect were mean girls, but it seemed like a lot of those girls who knew, I'm going more into this as a political move, sisterhood, sorority type thing. Right got sucked into that group a lot quicker that I mean I don't think I ever got into it (laughs) I don't think I ever did but you're right though I think people who
0: maybe this was really fresh from like high school or something where they knew that type of dynamic of like oh immediately I'm gonna know who the in girls are whatever the cute word is for it okay yeah plastics or whatever oh right (laughs) but maybe people are just really keen to picking up on okay if I want to be successful here like those are the girls who know their shit and, like, who clearly are respected by everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to kind of align myself with them, like Survivor or something. I don't watch TV, so I'm probably giving all the wrong analogies. But I think there were some that really could recognize that right off and know how they wanted to move and what they wanted to do to get close to those girls. Mm -hmm. Whereas we were probably a little oblivious and not aware of that dynamic and didn't follow suit.
1: Right, and then when I was a veteran, I kind of full circle probably... I was a mean girl to some of the rookies because I felt like they didn't know their stuff. Mm. They weren't being respectful at practice. And, you know, they were making quite a bit of mistakes Mm. that maybe they were already corrected on. I know mistakes happen. You know, there's a lot of pressure. But that's how I was a mean girl because, like, maybe a rookie wasn't a rookie how I thought they should have been, if Mm. that makes sense. Okay. Because I don't feel like our group ever demanded respect, but we definitely had certain feelings for rookies who just felt like, I'm in. Right. Without being willing to put in work to the And do you think best, that's how sure. we got Mean Girl treated as rookies ourselves?
0: Maybe. And maybe that's, again, going back to the question of what is a Mean Girl, within the squad dynamics, maybe the expectation of having like a high regard and respect for what we do or what it means to represent the uniform, maybe having those high standards and seeing people more likely rookies not living up to that creates this frustration where it seems like you're picking on them and maybe they're not actually being mean girls, but they're not really like being helpful either. So they're really just, maybe that's their real core issue is it doesn't seem like you're taking it seriously or you're not working hard enough or you keep screwing up. And maybe that created that tension where they were seemingly picking on someone when they really weren't trying to be mean about it. They were just expecting you to step it up to be this amazing pro cheerleader. Which, to some extent, might be valid. I think there's ways that you can maybe still have high expectations, but treat people with as a team. Being a good team player, because you're only as strong as your weakest link any damn way. So Right. But you would want that weak link to actually like do whatever it takes to work your ass off to step your game up, too.
1: Yeah, but I think vibes, too, come into play. Because my second year, I was without you. I still had part of the pedestrian crew we were still together and whatnot but how about vibes just like getting a weird vibe from somebody that they just don't like you Mm -hmm. and you try to put in the work or maybe kiss their butt not even just kind of like feel it out like right (laughs) i'm trying to be friendly (laughs) i have a soul everyone um no and then even hearing through the grapevine i don't know why so-and-so doesn't like you but da 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 like nobody knows why that to me is kind of mean girl
0: yeah well because it's like at least if you don't like my ass let it be for a good ass reason like have you really truly been exposed to me to know how I am to know how I treat people like let it be for a good reason but if you've never even had a conversation with me and you don't really know what you're talking about that I think that's where the mean girl for me comes into play it's where like you exclude people just because you want them to feel excluded and you never
1: really make it effort to get to
0: know someone who's not And this not was part somebody that
1: I already felt was like on top. Like our director loved them. You know, they mm-hmm. were really respected within the whole team but they just did not like me. And you're not going to like everybody that you work with. Right. That's just what it is. I mean, but there's like
0: 28, 30, 40
1: mm-hmm. people sometimes on a squad. So you're not, you're not going to vibe with everybody. Right. Maybe some that person just didn't like my humor but they didn't like were you? they supposed to go up to me and be like, Brittany, you're not funny and you think you are. In your annoying, shut up. No. <laughs> that is not the grown woman conversation.
0: True. I think you're, to your point, there are times where somebody's just not your cup of tea.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. And
0: that's fine. And you can totally try to avoid them and just keep your distance.
1: Right. But then where does it girl. become a problem?
0: For somebody that you just don't vibe with?
1: Yeah, like let's give off some examples. So basically, like to me, so that person doesn't like me, a mean girl aspect of that would be. They're starting to have, like, a get-together, and they're like, do we have to invite her, or don't invite her, or don't tag her in a photo kind of thing. Yeah,
0: outwardly acting on it Mm -hmm. in a way that is just extra. Yeah. Or, you know, like, doing shitty things. Like, and I don't, we didn't see a lot of this on the squad, so we're totally, like, making stuff up, but just, you know, talking shit in a way that's, like, lightweight, noticeable about you
1: Inside jokes that you, yeah. you're you blushing because you know they're actually laughing and talking about you. Exactly. That's where it shows up.
0: Because I feel like Mean Girls is never, especially on a squad, unless you're on a really fucked up squad, it's not really going to be this like overt, in your it's face passive. shit. It's all passive. It's mm-hmm. all on the sly. It's all inside joke. Nobody would know what the heck is going on, but they sense or feel that it is something. That's the way it shows up. It's right. It's that subtle shit that if you are somebody like me who will call something out, if it's bothering me, it's always that stuff that's so indirect that you really couldn't, it's not like a concrete case that you could take to the director and be like, this is what they did to me. Like They, they were talking shit and have yeah. an inside
1: joke, and then they could be like, no, we don't. And then exactly. you just look crazy, like too. Idiot.
0: Exactly. Like there's no burn book or some shit that you can find. <laughs> no <in> evidence. Your... <laughs> exactly. But I think it's, you know, in terms of dealing with that, I mean, I guess we'll get to that.
1: We'll get to the, how you should do, because I actually don't know what to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just struggled through it, man. And I just kind of like would avoid them. But then to me, that makes, for me personally, that makes the tension even worse. So now when you are together, you're working together, to me, I have this like bubble around where I don't want them even near me. And they're probably getting negative vibes for me too. Yeah, And so you never really get to open up. Because once they are nice to you and you're talking to them, I don't know. I feel like I kind of go defensive mode. Like, why are you being nice to me? Yeah, and I kind of want the conversation to end sooner than just letting it flow. Well, because I hate fakeness. So it's really hard for me to sit there and
0: act like we're homies when we're not. I mean, maybe they're trying, but I'm not buying. So then it turns into like an awkward situation. But, you know, (laughs) the thing is, I think with people who are on a squad, with people who you just don't vibe with, Try to be open-minded, but be careful, too. I mean, I think you have so many opportunities where you might have to have each other's back. You might have to work together. You might show up at the same promo. You You might might... have to
1: travel together. Exactly.
0: So it's just really keeping your nose clean of the drama as much as you can. But just be careful. Like, Mm -hmm. if if you know that the person's not genuine, don't share your personal business or, you know, anything that will give people ammunition to keep up with the shits because you can feel when somebody's really likes you or not that's what opinion. i'm saying i
1: feel like sometimes coming up to the person and being like you know what when you did that that actually really upset me could you avoid that in the future regarding me in mm-hmm. that situation i feel like in the wrong hands that gives them more fuel and they'll go okay mm-hmm. i got you and then they're gonna do it more interesting you know what i mean so i've always laid on it's probably really bad for my mental health who knows <laughs> but it's kind of like i'm so private yeah. You know, I feel like even with you and me, like, we're best friends, but I just don't tell, I'm not open to telling people certain things. And telling your feelings is something that I could see. I
0: mean, when I say address someone about how they've made you feel, I mean, those are, like, definitely therapist words. That When you did X, it made me feel Y. It could also just be, like, I didn't like it, so don't do it again. Versus, like, you showing any vulnerability about, like, how it made you feel. I could see leaving that part out. But if it's behavior that needs to change because you don't like it, just say, it. just say I, I don't like, like that. it, and they can be a shithead mm-hmm. and say like, so what? You don't like it? Like I'm not going to change what I'm doing. <laughs> I just stick to the respect line. It's disrespectful. So if you're going to be disrespectful, then we're going to have a problem. Kind of a tone. Because people know what that word means. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I might not change some shit just because somebody doesn't like it. It's like, okay, that sounds like a personal problem. And nobody's really called me out like that where I've had to say it like that. But I think if it's along the lines of respect, that's something that should be universal when it's earned, Mm -hmm. and if I haven't done anything to disrespect somebody, then I'm not expecting anybody to disrespect me, so maybe leaving the feelings part out of it, I totally could see that being used as a weapon versus, oh, I really hurt your feelings, oh, I'm sorry, you know, nobody's going to give you a big hug, and
1: I feel like this is a way too late therapy session for myself, (laughs) like, we should have talked this out during the season, (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, my interactions with mean girls hasn't been very many in my six years on the team, like, yeah. But it it just happens, so that's what we're trying to address.
0: I mean, it sounds like our listeners are for sure experiencing it. I mean, we've heard people mention sometimes just screwed-up dynamics with the squad leader. Yeah, Where... Power struggle. Exactly. They might be power tripping, where they're picking on certain people within their smaller squad, and then you kind of are like, that's almost a micro-squad versus what you would experience with a broader team, if Mm -hmm. any sort of mean girls exist outside of that. So you're almost part of two different teams in a way. You have your small team, and it's a lot more pronounced the way you would be treated as part of your small squad. So, like, for me, my rookie year with squad one, I felt really
1: uh, unliked. (laughs) What did they do that made you feel like you weren't liked? Yeah, I mean, again, for me, because
0: I was struggling as a rookie in terms of learning stuff, and I knew people got together to practice. I mean, there's one thing that comes to mind where it's just, like, ignoring you. Like flat out, I'm texting the whole squad trying to see if anybody's getting together, you know, just to be able to practice with them as a squad, thinking it'll be better if we're as a small team getting together to practice or maybe bond and nobody responds to the text. Or you
1: hear later that maybe three girls did meet up. Yes. And you know they saw that text, but they decided not to invite you. Yeah. And you live down the street. That kind of stuff. It's a little like, okay. Thanks, girl. But see, to me, exactly. That makes me recoil and I'm like, I'm never asking that group. My squad yeah to practice again oh
0: yeah trust it wasn't and something I think that I like, kept on doing but it, that's the kind of stuff that let me know where I stood with everybody and so it just became like all right duly noted I'm gonna reach out to the ginger
1: beast <laughs> and we're gonna bond <laughs> over practicing and struggling together
0: I mean maybe that was part of the rookie hazing Well, it's like figure it out I'm not gonna spend the time with you I'm not gonna invest but I just think it really let me know what kind of team I was a part of you can make an attempt to like meet up with somebody one time and you take whatever jewels you can get from it and then i'll see what you do from there cuz i think if you try to help somebody and they don't want to help themselves then yeah you might want to cut the cord on them because you got to meet them halfway like if you're not willing to put in the work then i could see people kind of losing patience and just kind of being like we'll figure it out damn it but
1: but it was kind of a given that your squad leader was there for any questions We didn't have, like, a system, big sister, little sister situation. I think that was the large part of the problem. Right, is that there was no expectations or, you know, they weren't held to, like, hey, if your squad has any questions, this is going to reflect on you. Yeah. And it kind of, there was no repercussions for their squad. Then, if you did mess up, when, one, you asked for help, you asked to practice with them, no one responded. You mess up in the group dance, yeah. and now the squad leader is in trouble because it's like your, your squad, squad looks, looks like crap. Like yeah, yeah. And now you're just getting eye rolls and even more isolation, and yeah. you're pushed off to the side.
0: That's kind of was that a little was part, part of the rookie year, and and I think for squad leaders too, maybe they're also experiencing difficulty with people showing them the respect that they're supposed to get. Maybe they have some little know-it-all little shits on their on their yeah. small squad that aren't very helpful. They don't listen you know, even if they're friends with them. I mean, I remember seeing that too, where it's like you could tell that they were friends with people on the squad, but they weren't respectful of the role that they were taking on as squad leader where they need you to like stop small talking so much and actually listen when they're trying to lead the squad in something. And
1: Right, they're your friend, but they're wearing a different hat right now. So... Yes. Treat them now like your boss and exactly. you need to listen. I did see that, like a lot of side conversations and we're actually not getting anything done because you two are talking about what happened last weekend. Exactly. And you can see sometimes a squad leader would get uncomfortable, like, OK, well, anyways, like I'm trying to lead here. Yeah. It. I think sometimes, like you said, that
0: in terms of getting opportunities when people are selected squad leaders, sometimes they get a little bit of fallout from people who are upset that they got picked for things and or felt that they deserved it and just kind of earning that respect again, especially if you don't know what you're doing right away. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's probably like the eye oh, like, yeah. oh, God.
1: That know. happened too, <laughs> yeah. especially when sometimes it would happen to where maybe, like let's say Makiba was a squad leader for three years, and then it's kind of like, okay, your time's up. Now we're going to have Brittany be the squad leader, but we're on the same squad. So now you're squad leading a former squad leader, yeah, and it gets a little touchy, and sometimes maybe there's other teammates on that same squad who you feel loyal to two people now. Yeah. And now it's like, who do I listen to? This one's experienced, but this one's technically my new squad leader. Yeah. It, just, it gets messy.
0: Because you're having to give that respect whether you kind of want to or not, but I feel bad for squad leaders that maybe were in that position because they didn't like pick it themselves. They were selected for it. And so to be put in that situation might be a little awkward for them. Mm -hmm. And then... Okay. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) 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 This could go on and on, but there's so much. These people, like, sent in a lot of these sub points, so I want to, like, make sure we touch on
1: everything. What were you going to say? I was just going to say along the lines of squad leader, sometimes you gain a squad leader that's been a squad leader for a few years, and the fact that they kind of aren't leading very well... Not everybody should lead. Oh, tell, talk about that. But because maybe they're a favorite, they're putting these positions where they're supposed to lead you when you have to follow someone who doesn't really give a shit. They're burnt out. They don't like their squad. Well, there <laughs> might be like mean girls that <laughs> are put into power now. That, and then
0: they just, because of how checked out they might be from being on the team for so long, they're projecting. Or it's cool that to on. not care. Exactly. They're projecting that on to other people. Yeah, is probably, like, the mean girl-ish behavior from those squad leaders. is like, I don't really care. Like, I've sucked all that I'm going to suck out of this experience. I'm just waiting on Pro Bowl. Who knows? And they just kind of, like, just don't give wow. a shit and don't create that experience of, you know, having your squads back and really stepping up to lead in the right way. So some people wrote in asking questions about what do you do when your director is kind of a mean girl? Like, will say fucked up things to you. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I think it does start at the top in terms of what kind of culture is accepted or not accepted as part of a team when you're leading a team, I would imagine. But, you know, if your director is kind of a main culprit in the way that they treat dancers, that's a really tough situation because I think a lot of things can be communicated As a director and a coach that are right, you know, you're supposed to lead. You're supposed to tell people when they're off and correct them. But if you do it in a mean girl way, that's a really fucked up experience for a dancer.
1: It is, and it causes a ripple effect. And then that whole team is kind of toxic. But then you get in trouble when that mean girl tendency starts swirling around. And it's like this Because it goes out of control. It does. It totally does. It's cutthroat for reals.
0: It's a recipe for disaster. If it starts at the top, you're absolutely going to have an organization with people who are running rampant, modeling that behavior, and it's going to bubble up and turn into a a complete mess. And I I hope that nobody's experiencing that because, well, there are because people wrote in about it, but (laughs) it's just a really hard thing to navigate. I think if you see it at the leadership level, just know that there may not be much you can do to affect change while you're on the team. You can try to assert some kind of boundaries, but for the most part, that behavior, if it's exemplified at the top, then it's going to be tolerated for other people to treat you that way as well. So you're kind of like on your own in terms of defending yourself against that kind of behavior. It's not like you can run to the director and... Seek comfort because they're the main ones probably condoning it.
1: We ran a lot of events, and so there would be it'd be high stress situations. So sometimes your teammates would get really stressed out and maybe kind of mean because of that stress, and that's not okay either because you're never supposed to take out stress on other people. Because what's to say I'm not equally as stressed? I'm just handling a little better. It does not
0: give you a license to be a bitch just because you have anxiety right around anything. Like, because even at work, don't you see that? Where it's like people think, oh, I'm so stressed out and I can just be a raging bitch to people. And it's like, that doesn't excuse
1: your behavior. Like, I don't give two shits if you're stressed out. Like, I actually have double the workload of you. Not yeah. like I have a grown-up job like that. But, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, We're just, all stressed in exactly. our own ways. Exactly. You need to manage that in your own personal time. Well, oh, I will never forget.
0: Okay, Ooh. this is totally not cheerleader related. But I remember being on a conference call. And the other side, because I negotiate contracts. And so the woman was just being a flagrant little fucker on the phone. And like her tone was stank, her the way she was talking was stank. And I'm like, we're negotiating a contract, okay? Like, what, why do I feel like I'm fighting you? And so she said something that was hella out of pocket. I don't remember what. But I was like, do I need to give you a few minutes to gather yourself? And I was silent. Like, I just literally shut up for a minute so she could... Because it was embarrassing. There were so many other people on the call, too. And so I was kind of like, do you not hear yourself? So I was like, "Um, do you need a minute to gather yourself? Because your tone is a little argumentative. Or whatever I said. Because you have to kind of call people out on their shit. And then they fucking, oh, cower. But I was quiet for a reason to let her be embarrassed. Like, look at yourself. Pull your life together. My mom would say that a lot. If you could hear yourself right now, then (laughs) I'd... (laughs) (laughs) But I think it gives people a moment to pause. Like, did you just hear what you just said? Or how you said it, you know? And when she did speak after that long-ass pause, she was like, I'm sorry, it's just been a really rough day. And I was like, okay, but you're ready now to be like so? so, I don't know. (laughs) That's just Makiba's way. I would not suggest everybody take it on. But anyway, it doesn't give you a right to be a bitch, so... Whatever. <laughs> Hair
1: flip. Hair flip. Okay, what else? Ooh, this is a juicy one. What's so that? we both experienced this, but losing friendships when you're cut after you're a veteran. Oh, yeah. So how did that go for you, Makiva?
0: Well, we kept ours, which was the most important thing for me, but it definitely shows you, if you ever had a shadow of a doubt, who your real friends are on a team. Who you communicate with, either when you retire or when you're cut, because I think the true friendships, you stay in contact with each other, not like you have to see each other all the time, but there's there's a connection that remains once it's all over. And you, I mean, I didn't experience it personally. Man, I would have not been your ooh, I would have been mad at you if you stopped being my friend. <laughs> Because I thought we were more than that. So it really would have been, like, hurtful if it was like, okay, good, the girl's gone. I can just live my life as a sea gal without her right. <laughs> attached to my hip.
1: But you're right. It, it didn't seem like we had to have constant communication. But there just was this underlying, like, you're my girl and, like, we're best friends. Right. And you knew what it was like to be on the team. So then when the next year I didn't make it back and you made it, I don't ever feel like I remember feeling like, she's not reaching out to me. It's like, I knew that you were on the team. You were busy. You you know, we we reached out when we, yeah, I knew all, I knew your schedule. So I don't have any advice for anybody, but I still felt connected to you and like you cared and you weren't like, you're not part of the team. I'm cutting you out because you're not part of this cool group anymore.
0: Right. And that's really cruddy if people, people feel that way. I mean, it's a very emotional time when you don't make it back on the team and you're just ripped from the day-to-day and the close connections that you had with people. And I just think it's really unfortunate if people are trying to, like, almost create a dig around the fact that you didn't make it back. And, like, oh, I would do this, but I can't because, you know, we're, like, telling mm-hmm. you about events that you probably could go to because other vets are going that maybe you know, we're on the squad on different years. But now that you're not But now one. that you're not. Or just like, oh, I can't tell you because of squad business or what, or something like that where it creates this unnecessary barrier that's just, it's that exclusionary behavior. Like when you're trying to exclude someone rather than include them, I just think you're definitely teetering on the mean girl side. And it's such an emotional time to be off a team for whatever reason, whether you wanted to or not, um, like if it was your choice or not. I think if your true friendships really show up, and it's not to say that they're mean girls because they didn't maintain their friendship with you, but I think you discover really the validity of some of the friendships on the team.
1: And something I love about us that I just want to point out is it was like almost a given, and I feel like we really supported each other the way that we needed to when we, I don't even know how we discussed it, but that we were coming back. Mm. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, all right, we're practicing together. There was no conversation about it. I wouldn't have been upset if you had made just a much of a stronger bond with someone while I was off the team.
0: Oh, I was so jealous when you were friends with someone else.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to even think who it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're all like laughing. No, I mean, I'm I'm being facetious. I wasn't really truly jealous, but I was, you know, watching your year on the team while I was off and
1: I was definitely, well, you got to go to the Super Bowl and win, bitch. Okay, so (laughs) how do you think I felt? I was over there praying you guys wouldn't make it. That's so fucking... That's a mean girl. That's a mean girl wish. But I'm not going to lie. I was. I was salty. I understand. I mean, I wasn't (laughs) exactly... I have a big ass necklace with diamonds in it. So I understand.
0: (laughs) No, but I mean, you watch those friendships form when you're not on the team. And you really do feel left out. I love you more
1: because I am so happy that you went to Super Bowl and won. (laughs) Thank you, Brittany. Okay.
0: And I wanted you to make other friends when I wasn't on the team, but there was one that kind of looked like me and I was really salty about
1: it. (laughs) We weren't friends. I was mean girl to her. No, I'm kidding. Not
0: at all. But nobody should make the people who do not make the team feel a certain kind of way. That's really shitty.
1: I personally felt like I witnessed a lot of friend hopping. So a season would come around and there'd be maybe a pair that were seemed as tight as you and I, and they would be best friends. Then the next year, there would be some falling out in the two months before auditions, and then there's some other pair. And it's not so much that that's an issue; it's that whoever was excluded from that partnership, they were meant to feel like, "I can only practice with it. you." Yeah, I'm done with yeah. you. I, I, I did not understand that because I felt like we really cultivated a group that was really open to just anybody and every, like, "Hey, we're practicing at this time." We would always text it out there. Yeah, yeah and it's not like you can only be friends with.
0: A certain set
1: of people like how high school is that that's not even high
0: school that's middle school It. am I your
1: only best friend (laughs) yes (laughs) you know you're not you
0: can't hang out with anybody else didn't they say that in that damn mean girls movie it was kind of like you can't sit with anybody else and I mean and there are
1: (laughs) yeah that one
0: But there are, like, unspoken rules that are dumb as hell. But I think you're right. Because they friend hot because it's almost this, like, positioning of power. Like, oh, I can be friends with her because it's going to help benefit me or make me look like I'm doing something. Because she's cover of the calendar. Exactly. So I'm going to be all up her ass crack. But let's get to why mean girls even exist in the first place. And how the hell we can just get around to dealing with their asses. Okay.
1: I said it in the beginning. I think a lot of it is jealousy. Mm -hmm. And kind of what you just said. It's also... People are very manipulative and want to make sure that they are positioning themselves to gain certain things out of the experience. Like getting announced as Pro Bowl, we used to have a thing called Seagal of the Year where it was whoever was the best Seagal and just super helpful and encompassed all these amazing things Mm -hmm. that was of a Seagal. What else? having the best photo in the calendar, or just getting picked for really exclusive promos. Yeah. And kind of what you were saying, a lot of that did come down to how leadership was picking these people. It highlighted people that then other people felt they needed to cling to to also gain those experiences.
0: Well people that didn't necessarily exhibit the most non-mean girl behavior, so then you're thinking wow, that's what gets celebrated and elevated, Mm -hmm. people who act like that. It's not a meritocracy. Like, it's not, oh, just do everything that you're supposed to do. you know. And it'll
1: result in this. Yeah,
0: and the good always wins in the end, necessarily. It was just who happened to be elevated for that role or position, and it wasn't always because they were a model citizen. Let's just put it that way.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I got show group, and I didn't even know how to fucking dance. So, like... (laughs) Just truly, you. when you're selected for things, a lot of times there is no rhyme or reason. And you're looking at yourself like, uh, I know of people who really wanted this spot. Why me? Mm. You know? And it didn't make you a
0: mean person because, or mean girl because you got it. And I don't mean to sound like haterish. And I believe everybody who's on a team, for the most part, works really hard and deserves to be there. And some will get selected for things or reasons that we may never even really know Right, But I think when they feel like they're better than everybody else because of it
1: right, and they're drinking the their own
0: Kool-Aid around it and they just have this air of like, you, know, the, the, you can't sit with this air because you're supposedly not on their level, that's what creates that vibe of mean girl shit. I mean, I think that people who behave as mean girls, where they're truly like that's their core character, are insecure as fuck. Like, they really don't feel what they project out. You know what I mean? Like, if you really are that confident in your shit and you know you're bringing your A game all the time, like, you probably really don't need to busy yourself with trying to make other people feel like shit around you. You know what I mean? Like, you would just feel like you're the shit and that would be enough to carry you. But when you feel like the extra where you have to put somebody else down to feel good, you're covering up a major league insecurity. Mm -hmm. And that's why, personally, I just don't think in terms of coping with Uh, mean girls, that you just gotta stop giving them that energy. You know, when they feel like they have that personal power over you and how you feel about them and what you're checking for them for and wanting them to like you, I mean, that's just feeding the beast, you know? I mean, I think they sense that reverence from everybody, whether it's deserved or not and that's really what they feed off of to behave that way. It's like you're giving them permission to treat you like shit.
1: Right, so that's why I would just not ignore it. I don't think I ever addressed it with anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. I just let it be, and, like, I'm just not going to mess with you. I don't want to hang out with you outside of this. And that wasn't a mean girl thing. They seemed fine not hanging out with me. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, I'm not going to feed that beast. I don't like that energy. I don't like that vibe. That's not what I want to spend my time with. You are who you surround yourself with. Exactly. And
0: if you are hanging around a bunch of mean girls, like, that might be the reason that you become one. It's just, like you said earlier, just from peer pressure and feeling like that's the behavior that will get you accepted, which is... Hell of weak. If you're going to be a mean girl, let it be, like, your own personal motivation, not just because you aren't willing to... Be your own person. Be your own person about it. Be your own mean girl. If you're going to be a mean girl, own it,
1: okay? (laughs) Come up with something interesting. (laughs) But, like... (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) But I think in terms of, like, who mean girls call out, like you said, maybe it's people they're jealous of, but I just think people have an idea of, you know, what makes somebody pretty. Because, I mean... The truth of the matter is with pro cheerleading, like you said, everybody's beautiful, but people have different looks and some people think certain looks are better than others and or body types are better than others. And I really think the, a lot of the mean girl characteristics come out when you're criticizing someone else's looks. And I'm not trying to act like I'm than now in that regard we are judged on looks all the time so I think it's just a very natural thing to go toward when you're judging someone else or talking shit about somebody else is to like critique the way that they look but I think people use those differences and form an opinion for whatever reason where it's not about how well you dance or what a great teammate you are it's you're the that. way you look which is so like listen to how it sounds it's literally the movie the teenage dumbass movie that I just watched last night where you're basing on looks money yeah prestige power whatever and I mean to some extent yes people want to be liked because I was thinking about that like deep down don't humans just want to be liked and accepted
1: well yeah because it's I feel like energy is really powerful and you don't ever want to it's toxic, and you feel it. It's actually like a tangible thing for me. Mm-hmm. I can feel when someone's not vibing with me, and it, it
0: affects, it affects me physically. And I'm not trying to act like I'm invincible. Thinking back to high school when I was younger, that was like Mean Girl Central for me in terms of what I experienced with Mean Girls. And I remember it hurting my feelings. I do remember that feeling of like, oh, God, you're really trying to make me hate life. You know, like not wanting to go to school. Mm-hmm that feeling of not wanting to experience that kind of shit, right? And maybe it's just with age, just growing up to be your own, not be your own best friend, I sound like Beyonce, but I think for me, I stopped caring about the bitches that didn't like me.
1: Like, But well, you're very confident, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, that your level of confidence is normal. <laughs> 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 no, but think about you are a young girl, you're making this team, and maybe you like always saw you know, a veteran, and you're like, wow, I really love Pamela. She's always killing it. She's beautiful. I love her body. I love her yeah. hair. And then you make the team, and you meet her, and and maybe you made the team, and you look totally opposite of her, mm-hmm. and now you're kind of like, wow, she's like my ideal, and now she's being mean to me. I'm already mm-hmm. insecure that I don't really, like, look like the team, but the team, like, maybe the director loves the way you look, mm-hmm. and so now you're being propelled forward as, like, the star girl that year and now your idol is being rude to you you. and is like I'm the veteran I've been here five years now here's this rookie who is killing it or whatever and now you're seeing your idol your ideal person person
0: it would be hurtful and I'm not trying to say people shouldn't be hurt because it is Mm -hmm. hurtful it's hurtful behavior it's hard not to internalize it I get that part I think it's just a matter of when it, when you brought up that example, it's really key. It's just, you know, the insecurities that you might feel about yourself. And I think what I experienced just with time and growing up was more loving those parts of me that I wasn't as secure about so that it didn't become a weapon for other people to mm. use against me. And that's, that comes with life experience and things like that, right? So it's not something I expect everybody to, or anyone to really just have equipped. We're all adults still trying to find a way to love our insecurities, but when I was seeing, like, what was being used as a weapon, like, if I didn't feel
1: confident in dance or something. Yeah,
0: and it's really just trying to address what I was uncomfortable with so that I could kind of have my armor on, so to speak. So I don't want to put more weight on somebody else's opinion of me than the opinion that I have of myself. Like, right, because if I'm counting on somebody else liking me in order for me to like myself, then I'm going to be fucked, kind of. You're going to be disappointed all the time because some people may not like you, And you got to be able to keep it pushing. Because
1: it's just an opinion.
0: Yeah, Just like our next episode, everyone, forewarning (laughs) you. I'm not (laughs) kidding. But it's true. It's just kind of like you... I stopped placing as much weight on how other people felt about me. Because that would sway me like a boat. Like it would make me feel like shit. Or it would impact me and hurt my feelings. And for me, I guess a way to cope was more to just take that away from them. Because I couldn't control it anyway. Like I wasn't going to go... Build a fort and try to climb up their ass and, and live there. I just had to kind of find a way to be okay with people not liking me. Yeah, and that's not easy, especially if you really actually look up to someone. But then you have to kind of question: Should I really be, you know, not idolizing? But should I really look up to somebody who's who's a bitch?
1: I just beat them to the punch and be like, I suck at this, or like, <laughs> Hey, I know I got freaking white ass hips, or I'm tall, big girl, or something like. But you're,
0: <laughs> like, bitch. Like, You have, like, a self-deprecating humor, right? Which, but it it removes the power. Like, if that's the stuff that they're going to use to talk shit, we hear comedians say that all the time, where it's, like, the stuff that they knew they would get picked on, they would just end up making a joke out of it. It took away the power of people trying to bully them.
1: Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, me not being happy with where I'm at in my career, so I say I do foot porn, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, I'm the best paper shredder you're going to find, so, like, hire me. You know what I mean? You just got to...
0: Make light of it. Yeah. Anything that would allow you to process it and not let it hinder you from being happy.
1: Yeah.
0: Nobody deserves that kind of power, you know, to fuck up your day and make you hate practice. Like, because the main reason that we wanted this episode, guys, is because, like, and I don't mean to sound preachy-preachy, I'm hella old and experienced, but... (laughs) You're not hella old. (laughs) But it's like, being a pro cheerleader is such a huge experience. It should be the happiest time in your life you're going to be experiencing things that you will never get from anything else. We're giving you a little warning. Like, once you stop, there's nothing like it. Mm There's just literally nothing like it. So for me personally, it just bothers me to my core to think about people out there experiencing their dreams coming true and allowing it to be so negatively impacted by some little fucker. Well, I've
1: known girls who... Did not decide to come back because of, of that the shit. Right? They were and like, "It's just not for me," and I knew exactly what they were talking about right, because right. obviously, dancing at the games is amazing. Fulfilling your dream is amazing, but it's just not the, the, bullshit rest of the shit. That yeah. it just gets to people and they're not having it, so they leave. Mm. <laughs> and I shit myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! That coffee, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> I
0: made Britney coffee, and I didn't put a lot of sugar in it, so I'm hoping I didn't give you sugar butt. No, no sugar butt. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. It really sucks to see somebody give up something that they probably enjoyed because they were mistreated, and I don't think anybody that's on the squad has a right to make anybody feel that shitty, and I also just want to, like, empower girls that might be experiencing that to kind of try to flip it, because... If you love what you're doing, you shouldn't let anybody get in the way you doing what the fuck you want to do. Full steam ahead, chest out, chin up, just, you know, sway that shit to the side and like rub it off, shake it off, whatever you need to do to like not let it impact your experience. And whether that means confronting the bitch who's be- hello, <laughs> whether that means transferring that energy by actually confronting the person that's making you feel that way, like you've had enough of the shits and you're really going to just assert yourself and, Stick up for yourself, whatever that looks like for you so that you can get in the space of, you know what, this is my dream and I'm not going to let it be fucked up by somebody else. Like, you're going to get older 10 years down the road and maybe think, like, I really wasn't done dancing. And, you know, I really could have kept at it like I was enjoying it. And it's just realizing as you get older, like, wow, I really didn't need to give it that much power. And that's what hopefully people will take from this episode. I
1: totally agree. I think my rookie year, I didn't know what to expect. My second year... I have to admit that maybe i fell into the mean girl vibe. I mean, you weren't there and I was kind of just struggling to find my path. Mm -hmm. And then the next year I had a year off and I think I came back into it just like I'm doing this for me and this is why I want to do it. Right. And I'm just going to be myself and I'm not going to really worry about what people think of me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. I've, I just think it comes with time too. Yes, you might absolutely. have a really rough rookie year, but definitely reevaluate and be like, do I want to do this again and why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. And then go for it.
0: And if the answer is I don't want to do this again, evaluating it too to say,
1: why is that a good,
0: a good enough reason to give up on your dream? Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it as giving up. Now, if it's a toxic environment, fuck it. I don't advocate for putting yourself through too much shit. It ain't worth it.
1: Okay. There's you, other dancing opportunities yeah, that have... Yeah, a
0: healthier environment to, right. to be a part of, for sure. There's other opportunities out there. But, you know, for people who've asked for questions of, like, how to deal with someone who doesn't like you, yeah, what would you say? I think we should take these. This is, like, Locker Talk-ish, like, the true advice of the episode, because this is what people wrote in about. I'd hate to be like, <laughs> <laughs> we covered it. No, we didn't. All right. How do you interact with somebody who doesn't like you? You, are, you kind of addressed this a little bit. Did I? What, what do I well, do? <laughs> you mentioned that you found out at least that somebody didn't like you, and you got the vibe that somebody didn't like you. How did you like,
1: interact with that person?
0: Just keeping your distance away?
1: Kind that? of. I just don't give them the time of day then. Like, there's, no, there's no reason to not try, but I have friends who care for me and, and are going to support me. I don't need that from everybody. Especially if you don't want to give it to me specifically, I'm not going to beg you for it. Right. That's just somebody that I'm just not going to interact with, and I haven't since. So my life's been fine. Yeah. (laughs) Life goes on. That's a really good point.
0: Everybody had friends before they joined a squad. So don't forget that you already have your people. You know, I mean, I know you don't get to spend time with them as much anymore. Your true friends that you had prior to pro cheerleading should definitely be an anchor for you if you feel lost if you feel like nobody likes you your true friends that you already have will remind you of what makes you so freaking awesome and that will make you feel like you were loved and appreciated for who you are and maybe people on the squad just don't know who you are enough to like accept you and love you too but don't forget that you you already have your people you don't need to add 32 more people to that list of your people you're not going to
1: because how, how close of friends are you really going to get with 30 other people? If you think yeah. about that, even in school, in a classroom, like, you have your people, and that's fine. And I think another key thing is don't be closed off to other people wanting, like, seeking you out. Like, wow, is super nice, and, like, I feel like I can go to her for help. Once you've established yourself as a veteran... Be open to people coming to you because you're so open hearted.
0: Right. And just identifying the struggle because everybody experiences similar struggles. And if you do become a veteran, to your point, you know, being willing to extend yourself to people that you see that may be experiencing things that you also did because you can change that tide to be different in that respect. If you were part of a team that wasn't really that great to you, you can be better. For once you're a veteran to the new rookies that might be experiencing the same thing that you did, you don't have to keep the trend going. Yeah, break the cycle. Break the cycle. Let's see. Somebody said, should you bring mean girl behavior up to the director? Like, should you raise that with them or does it make the situation worse?
1: I feel like, personally, it depends on your director, and I don't know if it does any good because, honestly, it might seem a little bit like snitching or complaining. Mm,
0: Tattletally.
1: Tattletally, and you're you're expected to be a grown-ass woman on the team and hold your own. So whether you're making the team at 17, 18, just know that this is great training for real life. And you're going to be working in a career where there's going to be people who don't like you for no reason. Some of those might be your manager or whatever. Very true. I don't know if I have like concrete advice. Maybe you can touch on this a little bit more solidly. But kind of what you're saying, just be confident in what you bring. And just observe more so than interject too. Just kind of like... Take a vibe of the room. Oh, that's that's key. Getting a sense
0: for who you're dealing with. Studying behavior really tells you a lot. And mm-hmm. it'll tell you probably how to how to deal with somebody who's either being mean to you or whether it's something that warrants going to a director because you peeped their leadership style and you see how that person interacts with the director. You see the manipulation at play, if there is any. So you can kind of like already figure out if it's actually to your advantage to go say something or not. I would say if the director's part of the problem, don't waste your time.
1: But a lot of the part of people kind of being ass kissy was because they wanted to make it back.
0: Yeah, true. So
1: how do you kind of suck up to your boss to secure, like, hey, I don't I don't want this girl to not be on the team next year? I think it can kind of backfire.
0: Like, it's one thing if you are being, like, bullied or just really the mean girl shits out of control and you're really trying to seek help for how to deal with it. Versus... Like, I'm really just hoping this person gets in trouble and is off the team. Like, I'm really just trying to elevate and try to get my director to see what a bitch this person is. Clearly, they do interviews and they don't screen out all the bitches, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they, you know, they make the team and they're a part of it and they have that mean girl culture going. But sometimes bringing that to light for the director with the goal of trying to get them to see that someone's a bitch probably makes you look worse in the end than it does actually help you. But I would say if you are, if you've tried to deal with the situation directly and it it won't stop or it's getting worse, then yeah, that is their role as a manager to actually intervene and do something, I think, to help or to stomp it out and to say, like, no, this is not acceptable. So I think there is room if you're just really in some real bullshit. Like, let it be some real shit, not like, oh, you know, my feelings were hurt. But I would say something that's along the lines of bullying. I think that's the point of having a manager is to kind of, do some sort of problem solving on that level. So if you've done what you can, you've tried to deal with it directly and it didn't work or it's gotten worse and you really are being made to feel that miserable, then I think thinking about how you present that and package that for the director to, with some concrete examples, might be the right step at that point Mm -hmm. if you still, if you can't make it through the rest of the season... Definitely try that before you just quit or something like that. I mean, because the directors, somebody asked about advice for directors or squad leaders that are told about
1: situations, like how they should deal with it. It could backfire, though. Yeah. You know, maybe the director's going to go to that person and be like, I elected you as squad leader because I expect you to take care of your team and your squad, and now I'm hearing that you're bullying them. Now that person is going to send an awful email to you or be even more scathing when Mm -hmm. they get the chance to, because maybe the director's eyes aren't on them. Right. But I think a powerful thing is to not play victim, but just say I more than they or you or Mm -hmm. whatever, and just Mm -hmm. say, I really felt like I'm not being accepted by my squad, or I really feel like I'm not getting the support from my squad I thought I would. Could you connect me to some other people who might be more willing to help me? me Mm -hmm. Or can you put it out there that I live... In this area, if anybody's... It's not getting across to my specific squad or team. Mm-hmm.
0: I think,
1: I think that good. says a lot more ownership about, I'm feeling this kind of way, but what can I do? Instead of, uh,
0: can you tell me? me? Right, right, right. There's a, definitely a way to package it so that you, one, have looked at it as an, an adult and not just like, oh, they don't like me. Because you not, you don't want to run to the director with a they don't like me story. It's no. more definitely concrete, mean role behaviors that are more along the lines of bullying that I just think any director who is leading a team or a squad leader that's leading a a smaller squad should have the desire to want to address. And the way to address it is really, you don't need to get into specifics and say the person's name or anything like that. But I do think if, if you're in a leadership position, it's the sit down where it's like, listen, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm hearing things that I'm not happy with about your leadership style. When it comes to this X, Y, and Z, this is the type of behavior I expect from you and I'm not hearing that that's happening. So I need you to fix it. That's the conversation. It doesn't have to be the detailed specifics that would identify who told you about it. It's really just stick into the script of like, I expect you to do this and you're not doing it. So fix it.
1: I think key of that is if you're a squad leader or director... Again, privacy. I, I oh, didn't really yeah. like the um, call-outs or corrections. I mean, some corrections do need to be made. Like, hey, Brittany, I noticed you're doing this, and it's actually that. Like that helps In front the of the work. whole squad. Yes, In right. front of the whole squad. But when it's things like maybe personality or private things need to be kept private. And I felt like, personally, on our squad, sometimes things were very public, and it was a little shocking, and it put the not the victims but oh yeah the people on blast and oh, you're like sure. oh okay i totally know who said what to who about who and, and that just not, causes that doesn't issues. help that does not help so keep it professional and keep it private
0: right and in keeping it private i just think there's still an expectation as a professional that there's no go get the whistleblower okay so there's no retaliation in this squad So don't worry yourself about who told me what. If I hear that you confronted or retaliated against the person that you think may have told me something, we're going to have another fucking conversation. Like, that to me is like something that should be also added to the mix when you're addressing that type of behavior. Because they can think that they are emboldened because they're pissed off that they got called out to go attack whoever the hell told on them. But that would be something like, do it and you'll be off the squad. That would be my communication to whomever I had to sit down in that kind of a way with, it's like, don't let that be your next move because you'll find yourself off the team. This is an opportunity for you to be better. I expect you to be better. So let's just do that. Check your ego, you know what I'm saying? And just do what's expected of you, period. You know what I mean? I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Because at the end of the day, that's all it is. is someone's ego's bruised. And they think that they can just continue the abuse by going and and trying to punk the person that got them in trouble. And that's just another sign of how weak they, they really are. But that's what our advice is to leaders. Amen. Hey, what else did we have? Hey. Oh, just the advice about looking at your group of friends. Whether you're like a rookie vet doesn't really matter. It's just trying to, like you said earlier, being open about having new friendships to the mix. You know, extending yourself in ways to people who don't necessarily look like you. And when we talked about in the diversity and inclusion episode, it's really not so much like everybody's on the team, so they're all included, but try to think of ways that you can include other people who may not look like you, and it might make a world of difference. You might only have one Asian person on your squad, or, you know, just a couple of minorities. So, I mean, thinking of ways to just really acknowledge and include everybody in your little circle, because I think. Celebrate their differences, too. Yeah. Or get to know the differences, because sometimes maybe they aren't that damn different. You never know. People, I think, generally do want to be liked or just at least have the opportunity to say that they got to know me and then they made their decision of whether to like me or not. And sometimes I remember feeling like if you had one-on-one time with somebody who was like in that little crowd where it's like, oh, I didn't know you were so, you know, funny or so this or that and then you like well okay now that you know don't you love me no
1: (laughs) (laughs) kind of like the rookie episode yeah do promos and get to know the veterans and the other rookies more on an intimate level or try to
0: at least Mm -hmm. and then let it be something that can carry you forward like don't act like you don't know them the next day when you just kind of had a moment be willing to bond Mm -hmm. it's not like every you gotta be best friends with everybody but just trying to befriend somebody who might be a little different from
1: you it only betters the team
0: Yeah, take note from some of these teams that seem like they just have it figured out. And is there any advice we can give on how we can lift each other up in a real meaningful way? Not like fake, like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty today when you don't mean it. But something that really is the ultimate opposite of Mean Girl that just kind of... I mean, it sounds cheesy, but don't they do that in like some of those cheer camps where it's like you go around and everybody says something that they admire or like about somebody? But it's just... I think making people vocalize how they respect someone or what they appreciate or value about someone goes a long way, and sometimes it takes some time within the season to actually be able to speak to that. But I feel like our like autograph signing moment, when you know you try to say something nice in the calendar for each person, is a time to reflect on, wow, this is what this person brings to the team, or and it makes you realize, like, damn, I never really even talked to homegirl because I don't know what to say.
1: Have a great summer. <laughs> Can Love, me. <laughs>
0: If there's an opportunity to say to someone how they make you feel or share a compliment, open up a conversation that you wouldn't normally. I think all those things make people feel like they're part of something and that they're seen and that they're valued, and that that means a lot. I think it can kind of cut down on the Mean Girl vibe.
1: Just lending and listening ear and being in a silent leader and that people feel comfortable to come to you with advice. If everybody was open to people reaching out for whatever reason it would just make the team better and And, tighter yeah i agree because even like you see that in corporate world but just because they're new that doesn't mean they have zero value you can learn a lot from the rookies you don't know their background you don't know what they're about or their connections and it's not all about like
0: I'm going to be nice to you because I can get something from you. Right.
1: Sometimes there's some rookies that come through that are just so technically like amazing Mm -hmm. and I'm not. And so I'm drawn to them because I'm like, will you teach me? And the fact that they're like, wow, a veteran's asking me for advice. I've learned so much from rookies that way. Yeah.
0: And it's just having that humility to realize that don't know everything just because you're a vet or just that everybody has value I think that's the key every now I sound like I'm still at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation but every life has equal value so everybody brings something to the table and if you take the time to try to get to know a person well enough to know what that gift is or what that talent is or what that personality trait is that really makes them unique and a beautiful person and you speak to that or acknowledge that appreciate that I think it goes a long way. You're really just trying to be the best person that you can be when you're on these these squads. There's such a high expectation of you and no, you're not going to be perfect. And we talked about how like everybody has little tendencies, right? Nobody's acting like they're holier than thou. But when you do focus on being your best self and loving, again, those parts of yourself that make you insecure or whatever, it just kind of all falls into place from there. Like just focus on being the best person that
1: you can be. Self-love is contagious. It is, because you're or drawn when you see to somebody who's just confident and they're not worried about anybody else, but jealousy and just oh, that negativity, stuff. insecurity is just, they're all negatives. And it will
0: taint an experience that's supposed to be dope as hell, so cut it out. No, I'm just kidding. Send the mean girls to us, we'll slap them in the shape. <laughs> so for longer talk, instead of acknowledging,
1: well, Brittany had a list of sins. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you still want to like share. Sure. I remember I yelled at someone to get into line. It was like my one and only time actually yelling because I was pretty silent. Okay. Are we doing that? Yes. (laughs) I didn't even let you get it out. No, no, no.
0: I think it's it's good. This reminds me of that scene in the movie where they,
1: they apologize and did a, I'm in the confessional right now. Okay.
0: (laughs) Confess your sins.
1: Okay. Confess my sins. Um, some things that have haunted my dreams and nightmares is that I have yelled at somebody. I think that they were like a rookie status to me to get into line. This is how you do it. You yell, line! Yeah. Sorry, but that's literally how it comes out. I never yelled it, and the one time I did, I really hurt someone's feelings. I apologize. I'm sure they know who they are. Okay. I made Hope cry because I was trying to make a joke. Oh, tell us about (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) Tell Um, me, my child. (laughs) Okay, so
1: we were building our come out tunnel. Okay. So this is like it has to be straight, right? And for some reason, Hope, she's amazing, beautiful, sweetheart. A like, Pro Bowl cheerleader. Yeah, Pro Bowl cheerleader. She couldn't she was doing it, but our director wasn't seeing that she was doing it and kept making her lead the line out over and over again. Oh to
0: make the stupid tunnel straight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. like she we're... wasn't
1: pivoting at the right point. I didn't see anything wrong with it. It yeah. was kind of like I was standing over there like Why I saw her thing? do it right, you yeah. know. And so, she was also on the Saint-Sations, and so when we were walking back to go down the field to do something else, I was like, didn't they teach you how to pivot turn on Saint-Sations? And I think it was just overwhelming.
0: Yeah, that moment for her. I made her cry.
1: Damn. I'm sorry, Hope. I love you. (laughs)
0: apologize. You ha- Britney does not have a mean bone in her body in terms of like when you joke it's literally like not at someone's expense. You're really just trying to make light no, of I'm a trying, shitty situation.
1: But sometimes I just have diary of the mouth and I'm just like this will be funny. <laughs> and I say it like Makiba's edited out plenty, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Um I definitely jumped on the mean girl bandwagon one time. There was an email thread going around about how some rookies were carrying themselves and I decided to also pipe in Um, I really regret that and I did apologize to those people I was very passive aggressive to somebody in terms of I felt like they were making a lot of mistakes and instead of offering a helping hand and saying hey let's meet up and like let's practice this you know we're on the same squad let's be better together Mm -hmm. um, I decided to kind of sink into the squad that was being very passive aggressive and kind of given the palm to them like mm, figure yeah. it out i've issued help which they probably didn't really right 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 so i mean there's probably plenty more but they're all mistakes and i'm definitely trying to learn from them and be a better person that's all we can do and i'm not <laughs> Ding, trying no. to act
0: like <laughs> i don't have sins of my own i'm trying to think of some good ones i like, do
1: really was very nice i generally am nice I think... she's not anymore no i'm, <laughs> no.
0: <kidding. laughs> no, I'm <laughs> the dragon lady I don't think I'm ever, like, outwardly mean to anybody. But I am a shit-talker, and with the safe loved ones I have, I vent like a motherfucker. So somebody might be, you know, getting a new one ripped. Something that I would never say to them. But put it this way, my mean-girlness probably comes out when I'm venting because I don't have a filter, and I may use things that describe someone, like, you know, I was saying critiquing people's appearance that might come out... In the venting session of Which is not nice You know Like if you're saying Someone's Fat ass Or oh, whatever I'm just making something <laughs> up But like If you're really critiquing Someone's appearance As part of you talking shit About a situation Where you're venting It doesn't feel Very nice Right mm-hmm. Those are my like Not so nice moments That I know I can think of And and just Finding things funny That probably are not funny Like I would be mortified If people actually Knew that I Okay it's, Don't do it I don't know <laughs> you guys. Okay, nobody's gonna listen to the podcast when season four starts, because they're gonna be like, those girls, I thought they were nice, and they're fucking bitches. But, um, I love looking at pictures. I'm making my confession, guys. I'm not perfect, and I've probably been hella preachy, so this is just gonna come out. Damn it. But this is the meanest thing that I think I do, I've done, and I won't do anymore. Okay. So I love looking at pictures. I have a a photographer that I follow that snaps the shit out of, like, Seahawks games and all this, and the Seagulls, so... I'm mainly looking at these pictures because I was, like, either looking for you and when I retired or... Yeah, because it started, like, after I retired. So, looking at these pictures, sometimes, you know, you have to zoom in to see it really good. And it would catch some wild-ass facial expressions, right? Like, just, like, not your finest moment.
1: Well, I have plenty of those. I think I've made even memes of myself with these photos (laughs) because, like, you'll be blinking but only one eye. Yeah. And it's, like, mid It's always, like,
0: some crazy... You're just caught in a moment in the, with the camera. And so we have, like, shown funny things that we can laugh at. But I could see, like, and we share it, right? So it's like texting each other these pictures. And I would not want anybody to think that I was just really going out of my way to make fun of them. It was really like, but I was seeing it. And then I would share it because it would be actually fucking hilarious looking. But maybe not to the person who's in the picture, but it's not like I would put that in a book and be like, burn or, you know, burn. <laughs> or try to like make somebody feel like shit. But I fully acknowledge I'm not trying to rationalize my shit. That's probably mean girlish. I'm sorry. It's okay. You've
1: been cleansed. You've been baptized.
0: <laughs> baptized. Oh, it's
1: but yeah, me inside. I just think exactly. I think to wrap it up, you should just not deal, but just take on each person as they come to you right just keep an open mind this is like beating a dead horse but treat others how you want to be treated remember what it was like when you were a rookie and maybe how certain people made you feel and just try to avoid that you know why would you want to ruin someone's experience when you know how amazing it is exactly reflect all the good and bad into yourself and how you can be better be better that's beautiful, Britt. Yeah. And not get the laugh of the group at the expense of the individual. That was my last note.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you feel better? Yeah. And if you guys have any, you know, mean girl confessions you want to share, do hit us up on Instagram. If we covered something or didn't quite cover something, let us know. We have an amazing season finale coming up for you guys, and we really hope that you follow along, and... The survey's still up. As yes, of right now, so... It will so. be up... All the way through, up until our season opener. I mean, frankly, I don't give a shit, can leave it open forever. You have time to fill it out, but we'll probably take it down because we want to link in our Instagram bio the deck for you guys to follow along for the Fresh Out the Runway episode. Well, until next time, be nice and don't be a mean girl and
1: keep your eyes on the sideline. Make good choices.
0: Yes.